for young people. I say this every time. But church, it's one of them things you don't realize what you've got until you go somewhere else. Me and Pastor have had the privilege to be in a lot of different places. And there's a lot of churches that have no young people. And I thank God that not only do we have young people of every age level, we have almost every, from the top to the bottom, we have almost every age level of not just young people but adults represented in this house. That, that's a sign of a healthy house, a healthy church. But I'm thankful that we not only have these young people, but that they're willing to speak up for the Lord. So if you would, tonight as our custom, if you would stretch your hands this way as she comes this evening. We're going to pray for her as she's about to bring forth the word. God, we come before you today. We thank you for Sister Maddie. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in her life. And, Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in her life, Lord. But ask right now, we ask right now, Jesus, that you would speak to and through her. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest upon her. And, Lord, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. And the church says amen. Give her a hand tonight. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'm thankful as always to be in the house with you all, and I know that you've seen me up here in a different fashion, normally singing, but I'm especially honored when I get to bring forth this word. I don't take this lightly. I've been in prayer over this, and I really feel like the Lord has given me a word for the church tonight, something that may seem very simple, a simplistic message, but a message of truth, a message of power, and I'm just asking that you'll be have ears to hear as I begin to just speak, because I really feel like the Lord knew who was going to be here tonight, and he placed this on my heart, and that song that we were singing goes perfectly along with my message because my title tonight is knowing him who knows me and it's about knowing who God is and all that he has for us right knowing who we are in Christ and knowing what God can do for us and I think that that song just started this introduction perfectly so I'm actually going to skip into part of my message here so just bear with me for a moment as I get started but when I began preparing for this message, I began to think about what does it truly mean when I say that I'm a Christian? You know, a lot of times we like to say labels, but if I said to someone I'm a Christian, what attributes are going to follow me that show them that I am, right? The same with God. If we can say, well, I serve a mighty God, but what attributes of God? How do you know him? Who do you say that God is? What has he done for you, right? Because that's the power that we have, that it's not just a title. It's not just like any other religion where we get to say that, oh, I am this and this is what I serve, but there's power behind our God's name. And there's importance behind his name and what it means to walk after him. So I began to think about that, and I was actually reading in Isaiah chapter 45, if you want to turn there with me. I am going to be reading quite a bit of scripture tonight, so if you would like to stand, you can. But I was reading, and the chapters previous to this, it was talking about Israel, and it was talking about a time where they had been in captivity, and they were beginning to be restored. And the Lord is speaking in chapter 25 to a man named Cyrus. And he was prophesizing, scholars believe that 200 years before Cyrus actually came to be, the Lord gave this word of what he was going to do for his people. And I think it's very important that we read it tonight. I'm going to read mostly the whole chapter, paraphrasing a few verses here or there for the sake of time. But starting Isaiah 45, starting in verse 1. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand have I holden to subdue nations before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two levied gates, and the gates shall not be shut. 
I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which calleth thee by name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake and Israel mine elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. For I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may be known from the rising of the sun and from the west, that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Drop down, ye heavens, from above, and let the skies pour down righteousness. Let the earth open, and let them bring forth salvation, and let righteousness spring up together, for I, the Lord, have created it. Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Let the potshred strive with the potshreds of the earth. Shall thy clay say unto him that fashioneth it, What makest thou? Or thy work he hath no hands? Woe unto him that say unto his father, What begets thou? Or to the woman, What hast thou brought forth? Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker. Ask me of these things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their host I have commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness, and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city, and he shall let go my captives, not for price nor reward, saith the Lord of hosts. Then in 14 through 16, we see where he spoke to those that were idol worshipers and he was talking about the chains and the condemnation that was going to come to them. But in verse 17, he says, but Israel shall be saved in the Lord with an everlasting salvation. Ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded world until the end. For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it. He hath established it. He created it not in vain. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is none else. I have not spoken in secret in a dark place of the earth. I said unto the seed of Jacob, seek ye me in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, and ye that are escaped of the nations, they have no knowledge that set up the wood of the graven image and pray unto a God that cannot save. Tell ye and bring them near ye. Let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told them from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior, there is none beside me. Look unto to me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth for I am God and there is none else I have sworn by myself the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and it shall not return that thou unto every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear surely shall one say in the Lord have I righteousness and strength even to him shall men come and all that are increased against him shall be ashamed for in the Lord shall all the seed of Israel be justified and shall glory Let's go before him in prayer tonight. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I just ask as I begin to speak, Lord, the revelations that I've received from it, God, that you will be with me through it all, God. Use my mouthpiece as a messenger for your glory, for your anointing and your power. God, I thank you for your presence that I feel even now that will comfort us, God. Lord, in the times ahead, that you will be the strong tower we can lean on, God. I ask that you allow us to seek from your word tonight, God. Lord, give us ears and hearts to hear and receive the word that you have for us, for we know that you have a timely word for your people. I thank you for what's going to be accomplished in the house and we say this all in your mighty name and the church says amen amen I know I let a rod of scripture there so I'm going to do a quick interpretation of what I think that means a little summary break it down for you so in the beginning of those scriptures in 1 through 13 God appointed Cyrus 
He told this man he would rise up. He prepared a way for him. It spoke of the favor that would be on him, the blessings that would be on him, the path that he was going to make for him, and the destruction that would come to those that came against him. God then established who he was. He says, I say that, and this is the authority I have to speak that because I am the creator. I am the one to seek counsel from. I am the one that has been saying these things from all this time because he began to list his attributes. So he gave his credibility of this is going to come because this is who I am, right? So when we begin to learn the significance of who he was and the authority that his words carry, that's how they knew in this time to heed the word that was given. He then talked about confusion that would come to those who worshiped idols and that there was no place for a rival because he was uncontested. He again reaffirmed who he was saying that he is Lord and that there was no one else. He showed that from old time prophecy to now that he had been fulfilling his word without return, meaning that we often say without void, that when he speaks something, it's not going to come back empty handed, but that his word is established and that once it goes out, that it will bring forth that way he says it is. Again, establishing his attributes. He showed what would come. He gave us a promise to look for those would be saved, for the knees that would bow, for the tongues that would confess. He gave us a sign to hold on to of when this word came to pass. So when I look over all of that, I realize two important things and the two things I want to talk to you about tonight. First of all, he dealt with Cyrus. He dealt with who he was. What was his purpose? So tonight, my first thing is, do you know who God says you are? My second point was God declared himself. He told us who he was. So do you know who God truly is? Those are my two points tonight. So the first thing, who does God say you are? We saw in this scripture that God called Cyrus anointed. He gave him a specific name. He said he knew him by name. He created a path for him under his name, a specific role and assignment. And he was born in a specific season to fulfill what the Lord had spoke over him. Now, the same could be said for all of us in this room tonight. First of all, we find in Jeremiah 1 and 5 that the Lord knows you that he knew you before you were yet born. Just as he called Cyrus by name to fulfill a certain role, he has also placed dreams inside of you, purpose within you, people in front of you, a place to be in right now because it's ordained for he knew you. He called you by name and it is a blessing to be known by God. Right, He sees the tears that you cry. He understands the worries that you have. He knows the joy. He knows what motivates you. And sometimes we may feel unseen. We may feel loneliness, but we have to remember that we are never alone, for we've already been chosen. We've already been known. So can everybody say, I am known. I am known. Amen. The second thing that God says we are in Romans 8 and 17 is joint heirs and his children. He shows us the love of a father. He adopted us into a kingdom as his child, right? So you now have a family in Christ. That's your identity, a son or a daughter of the Lord, which also means you have an inheritance, right? An inheritance to the kingdom, and we're joint heirs to that kingdom, right? So he said that I have not only established you as mine, I've also prepared this path before you. I also have these riches in store for you. He has taken care of his children. He's a faithful father. That's why we call him Abba Father, because he sees us as his children, and he has appointed us to be that. So somebody say, I am a child of God. Another thing that God says we are, that we often quote in this house, is that we are chosen. Our youth group's name is Chosen Youth, and because we understand the importance of being chosen by God. And I was reading in John 15 and 16, I actually want to read this verse because it struck me so hard. It's such a true statement. And this is speaking from the Lord's perspective. It said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go bear fruit 
fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. What power we have to stand in that verse, knowing that we're chosen by God, appointed by God, known by God, a child of God, right? Just like Cyrus was called by name, he has also called you forth. He has chosen you for this hour, for a season, for this reason, right? We heard it a little bit on Sunday morning when he began to talk about how the Lord knew exactly where you were supposed to be in this time, and he made you strong enough to stand in this time because he knew who you were because he chose you for this time he needed you in the kingdom at this time so somebody say I am chosen I am chosen it feels good to be chosen we were joking about it on Sunday and I began to remember what I used to fear in gym class was being picked last to be on the volleyball team right? I just didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be picked last because everybody wants to feel chosen. You don't want to be the last one drafted in and I would almost do anything. I would stand tall and make sure they could see me. I'm waving my hands. I'm looking. I'm not looking because I wanted to be chosen. Even if I didn't want to say that I was not very athletic, but I wanted to be chosen. But how many knows we've been chosen by someone far greater than any volleyball captain, far greater than anything at any school could ever tell you, than any boy or any girl could ever tell you. And I really felt the Lord needed to have me tell someone tonight that you should never beg to be chosen. He has already chosen you. You don't have to earn your worth. You don't have to try to convince someone that you're worthy of love or that you're deserving to be chosen or to be in their friend group or to be on their team or to be in a relationship with them, right? So I felt like I was speaking to a young person. I didn't see who it was, but I heard this in my in my bedroom that I was preparing for this. It says, that boy or that girl that you wish would just choose you. That friend group that you wish would just accept you. That the enemy may be playing games in your mind, saying if you would just wear this, maybe someone would choose you. If you would just post that to get some attention, then maybe someone would look at you and they might choose you. If you do whatever they want and if you give in on your convictions just a little bit, you bend your morals, maybe then you'll fit in and they'll choose you. It's not worth it. You're already chosen. So hear me. Your morals should never be bent to gain attention or to be chosen because you're already chosen. You're already loved. You're already known by someone so much greater than whatever thing that is that you're chasing attention from. Hear me, young person. Your body is not a thing that can be auctioned off for someone to choose you. How you clothe yourself is not meant so that someone will choose you. Your action should not speak so that people at school or a boy or a girl would look at you and choose you because you are chosen enough. You've been chosen by the Most High. You don't need someone else to accept you or to try to say well that's okay you can hang out with us if you do that well that's okay maybe I'll want you if you do that you are enough and you are already chosen by the king of kings and the lord of lords and is that not enough to say that I am chosen by the all highs by the king of kings the lord of lords and I don't need an approval from man from a friend group from a team from a coach from a boy or a girl in a relationship because I am chosen by the most high the name above every other name everybody again say I am chosen another thing he revealed to me about our identities from Romans 8 and 37 is that you are an overcomer more than a conqueror no matter the battle now Cyrus in the scripture he had steel gates in front of him as a block and the Lord said he split them so no matter what is in front of you, because in Cyrus's condition, he had a, a broken path, but it said that God straightened it for him, that he tore down the things that were meant to block him 200 years before he was ever going to walk that path. He's already ordained it for you. He already knows that you're an overcomer. So that mountain, it can be moved. That physical ailment, it can be healed. That mental warfare that you think can't be calmed, it can be ceased. The relationship, it can be saved. Your family member can be reached. Whatever mountain or valley you see, no matter how 
how big you think the giant is, according to his word, which we just learned is never without void, is never without return. He has already claimed it to be an overcomer. He's never lost a battle and he's not going to start with your situation. You have to understand the importance that when you became a child of God, that you are now an overcomer through him, not in your own strength or your own might, but because he overcame and you can overcome also. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. So now that you begin to know a little bit about who you are, I want to remind you of who our God is. Because there is great importance in knowing who God is and who he can be to you. So a few things from the passage that he named himself, from the scriptures we read tonight, he called himself the Holy One. So we know that he is sacred. He is to be revered. He is to be honored. He called himself creator. He is the maker. We know that he made all things in heaven and in earth. Right? He established that, that from the beginning he was the creator. We know that he speaks without return, that his word does not lie, and he has proven that to us time and time again, that what he says is established and cannot be withdrawn. He called himself Savior. He is our Redeemer and the Savior from our sins, and if that's not enough, then I don't know what else could be. He says that he is righteous, morally upright in front of us. He says that he is the only one with no rival for the name above all names, with no differences, with nothing to try to come against because he's so high that nothing else is even a contest with him. I had a discussion board last week. If you're in college, you probably say, oh, discussion board. You have to get on there and you have to comment. You have to read these articles. You have to say your replies, and it's an ancient history class that I'm in right now. And it says, compare and contrast these religions, Islam, Hinduism, and Christianity. That was my prompt in my discussion board. So people begin to cite facts about why is Christianity different than these other things. First of all, we serve a living God. A God that is above all. And something unique about our religion is that we have a God that seeks relationship. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him. And that's something different than anyone else can say on this earth right now because we serve a God who seeks relationship. That is important to have a relationship, a personal encounter, which means we can't just go to the scriptures and say, well, that's what he was for them, but ask yourself, what is he for you? He wants to know you personally. He called you personally. So should we not do the same to him and know him personally? It should be our goal to personally know him, to have conversation with him, to come to him in prayer, to read his word and find out his heart, right? To see what he's wanting us to do because that's relationship. That's what sets us apart from everybody else that he is living and wants to speak with us. Amen. And what power we have in that. Now, aside from the scripture that I read to you tonight, I begin to think of some other accounts in the Bible of how we know God. First of all, in Daniel 3.25, we know him to be the fourth man in the fire to three Hebrew boys. In John chapter 11, he was the resurrection power for Lazarus. He was the favor that was granted to Esther as she approached a place that she had no authority to be in. He was the burning bush for Moses who got direction in a barren place in Exodus chapter 3. He was the vision for Noah when he had to go out and build an ark by faith before the rain even came in Genesis chapter 6. He was the wisdom to Moses' parents as they hid him for three months and then placed him in a basket to go down a river to save his life in Hebrew chapter 11. He was the protector in a peace to shut the mouth of a den full of lion in Daniel chapter 6. He was the strength found behind a stone that was slung by a young boy named David who was facing a giant that seemed much too tall for him. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, he was the path made in the middle of the Red Sea that split and caused a path for Israelites to walk through. And if he's done it for them in Exodus chapter 14, is he not the same God today? I begin to know that I can call him Alpha and Omega for he is the beginning and the end. I call him omnipresent because he is everywhere at all times. He is El Shaddai, my God. God 
Almighty, Jehovah Nisi, my banner, Jehovah Shiloh, my peace, Jehovah Jireh, provider, Jehovah Rapha, healer, Abba, my father, Adonai, my master. I say he's worthy. I say he's holy. I call him righteous. I know him as love. I've known him as a shepherd. I've known him as a friend in my time of need. I've called him my personal healer. I've said that he is my salvation, for he is my hope and glory. Hallelujah. How many knows that's who my God is, that nobody else can say it? Nobody else has the right to come against the name above all names, for that's his credibility. So should we not lean on him? Should we not want to know him? For that's all that he is. Hallelujah. I am thankful for who he is tonight. I am glad to know him in all his honor and all his glory. And it is good to hear those accounts. And it gets me excited to hear of what he is for others. But I have to remind you of the importance of knowing that for yourself. Now, it's great. And I can get excited about what he was for those men in the Bible and those women in the Bible. But why do I get so excited? Because I've seen him do the same things for me. Because I have a promise that he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that when I seek a relationship with him, that all those attributes that I just said about him come into that relationship. And that that's what he is for me. He will be my strong tower. He will be a prince of peace in the time of trouble. That he will be the calm in the middle of a storm. That's why we can say we're different than everybody else. When everything else seems to be going on, why can you still stand? Because that's who my God is. And he will surely do it again. Hallelujah. A personal encounter, that's what keeps us, right? If it wasn't for an encounter with myself from the Lord, it doesn't matter the heritage, it doesn't matter the parents, what they've been doing, what church you attend. That's great to have good parents that are keeping you in church. It's great to have a good pastor who's telling you the word, but if you don't know it for yourself, then where is your personal relationship? You can't get in on the tailcoats of somebody else's relationship. I'm glad that we have a house of worship to attend where the word is given and that worship is saying, but if you don't enter in, then that's not a relationship. That's just observing somebody else's. And I don't want to live on a secondhand account of who God can be. I don't want to know him by only a story. I want to know him for what he has for me, who he can be in my life, what he has in store for me and my plans. Amen? That's why there's power in the testimony. Because it's a personal encounter. It's a personal truth of this is what the Lord has done. Choosing this walk requires things of you. But when you go to God, he reveals those things to you. So many times we question, we have uncertainty. But if we would turn to his word, if we sought for who he was, oftentimes we can find ourselves, if we're not being too careful, going to him in prayer and asking, Lord, I need this. I want you to do this. Can you please help me with this? And then we get up and we walk away. But when do we give him the time to answer? You know, it's, it's a two-sided relationship where you're both talking and you're also listening. And sometimes it's in the silence that you find some of the most important things. So in this relationship, make sure that you're going to him humbly. You're going to him with honor and grace and glory because that's what he's given to us. And that then we can listen and we can hear what he has to say because that part of the relationship is just as important as it is to talk to him, to hear from him as well. And the attributes that I described God to be, that is who God is revealed to be. That is the one who restores but can also revoke. It is he who calms but also carries my load. And it is in no other place, not even a person of great stature, that there is any hope besides the name above all names. The only hope that we have is knowing him and being known by him. Amen. And that's the importance of relationship. And as I was beginning to read in scripture into this, I began to hear a word from the Lord. 
And I sat and I immediately began to write as, as it was coming to me. And this is what I have wrote is this next little portion. And I want you to begin to hear because I feel like the Lord really gave me this to say to you tonight. He said, incline the ear of my people to be selective and listening to the words of others. For this is a time to hear and ensure that the word given is affirmed also in your spirit. The fundamental value of who I am is required to stand the time ahead. That is why my messenger has reminded you of me tonight. If that stirs fear in you, then be reminded again of all that I was just described to be. For there is comfort for the one who knows in me, for I know you also. Do not make my character one only heard but never experienced. That is not the intention of my relationship with you. For yes, I was the God for those before you, but I am the same for you today and tomorrow and for all times. Reflect on these things. Renew yourself in the attributes of my character, for my children should know me and neglect not in the reestablishing of our relationship. For is it not thy desire to know me more? For I draw you. You shall see myself revealed to you even more if you choose to heed the word given, for I am a God of covenant, but you must choose to enter into it with me also. Does thou not long to know me more? For is it pressing to know me and all that I am more than you yet know? Now is the time to rebuild relationship, for revelation of this importance will come. I instruct you now as preparation, seek so you can hear my voice so that you may be able to distinguish it in future days. For I'm a timely God, and this is of timely urgency, for there is a fresh word in every hour, and even now you must know it, for you must know me again. And when I heard the Lord begin to speak that I knew immediately what my topic for this message needed to be, because he's telling me this may seem simple, do you know God, and do you know who you are in God? That makes him like a fundamental thing of Christianity. But we have to know him so that we can distinguish his voice above all the other noises. And if you're not used to spending time with him now and hearing that voice now, how will you be able to do it in the middle of chaos, in the middle of a noisy room, right? We have to be able to distinguish it. We have to know him. You have to know that for yourself because no one else can tell you, oh, that was it. You have to feel it, that you know that that was it. That's the relationship we have. And I know that was intended tonight as a call to establishing relationships. And it is clear the Lord wants us to have relationship and truly know him and truly seek his voice. And we can look at that word and we can try to apply it to every situation we see unfolding in the world very easily. But I feel like that was just given as a preparation of what to do now, not so much as a revealing for what's to come. But I am thankful for a God who is actively pursuing his church, who is actively seeking a relationship with each one of us, who cares enough to send me before you to stand here today and to urge you to rekindle a relationship with him. For the relationship you have with the Father is what sets this church apart in a time of darkness. It is what separates our religion from any other. So never neglect the power of relationship, of knowing your identity in Christ and knowing who he is. And I want to know him more, and I want to hear his voice more, and I hope that's all of our prayer tonight, for we should be striving more for an alignment, for a deeper connection, for a deeper revelation, to truly know him for ourselves, because that will be our lasting hope. And I'm going to turn this back over to Jay tonight as he comes. Can you just say praise the Lord? Do you know who you are? 
who you belong to. I used to tell a story. Many of you may have heard it, and old preachers used to tell it. As a young boy, about five or six years old, he stormed into the bank, past all the tellers, walked into the bank manager's office, said, Give me five dollars. Bank manager said, What do you need five dollars for? So I need it for some candy. Give me five dollars. Bank manager said, Here's five dollars, go get you some candy. A few moments later, bank manager's in a meeting. Little boy does the same thing, storms past all the bank tellers, goes into the bank manager's office, says, I need five more dollars. Bank manager says, what do you need $5 for? He said, so me and my mama can get some lunch. Bank manager gives him $5. A few moments later, same thing. He's in this meeting, keeps getting interrupted by this kid. He says, I need five more dollars for me and my mama to get some ice cream. He said, that's what you need $5 for? Here's $5. The man looked at the bank manager and said, who is this kid? And who does he think he is to blow past everybody, go by every teller, walk into your office and demand $5? He said, that's my son. Because when you know who you are and when you know who your father is, you're given access to things that nobody else has given access to. Why does the Bible say that Jesus was a priest after the order of Melchizedek in Hebrews? Why does it say that? Because Melchizedek was not only a priest, but he was a king. So what does that mean for the believer today? Because Jesus is a king, he's granted you anointing. And because he's a priest, he's granted you access. Why was the veiled tent rent when Jesus said it is finished? Because he's a high priest. But why did he tell his, his disciples, go and tarry in Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high? Because he's a king that desires to grant you an anointing. Know who you are. Know who you belong to. That, that's not... Understand, that's not a, I'm not inviting you to be arrogant. That's not what I'm inviting you to be. Sister Maddie even said very clearly, we must come to him humbly. Because here's the fact. We're not worthy. But Jesus took off immortality, put on mortality, and came so he could have relationship with me and with you. Pastor asked me to share this with you in Psalms 34 7. Landon, if you could help me out, I'd appreciate it. Psalm 34 and verse 7. I'll give him a moment. I want you to see this. It says here that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. 
and dwelleth and are and delivereth them. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. And he delivereth him. Understand this about your father. Because oftentimes we get in situations in our life and we get overwhelmed by the situation and we forget who God is. I'll just be honest with you. It's easy. You get overwhelmed by the circumstances. I can't pay my bills. My marriage ain't working. My, 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 my job's not working out. I, I, I got this going on, that going on. I got illness. I got sickness. I got my, my family's falling apart. All these things. And we get overwhelmed. But he says, if those that fear me, I'm encamping round about them and I will deliver them. Stand with me tonight. Doesn't matter what you're going through, what situation you find yourself in. He says, if you fear me, my angels are there and I will deliver. So hear me tonight. Jesus said it this way. When he sent his disciples out, he sent them, he gave them the great commission in Matthew chapter 28. He said, go into all the world. But he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If you're in this house tonight, can we just bow our heads for a moment? If you're in this house tonight, saints of God, I just want you to begin to pray. But we want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit tonight. If you're in this house tonight and you say, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm just feeling overwhelmed. I don't know what the situations are. I don't know what you may be going through. I, I don't know the circumstances. I, I don't need to know. And God already knows. But you say, I'm overwhelmed. And I just need to know He's here. That He sees me. That's you tonight. Can you just come forward and stand in front of these altars? You say, preacher, I'm just, I die. I'm in conflict. I feel like my life is nothing but conflict. My mind is nothing but conflict. I, I feel so back and forth. I, I feel like I'm on a seesaw. I'm up and down and I'm up and I'm down and I'm up and I'm down. I'm ask you one more time. Come quickly if that's you. There's already people up here, but come quickly. We're going to pray. Can I get some sisters of the Lord just to come help me out with these young ladies, some men to help me here? Just come, find somebody. Just, just I don't want them to stand alone. And hear me, those that have come forward this evening, those people standing behind you are standing in proxy for what the Lord has sent His angels to do for you already. 
They are standing in, in behind you. They're going to lay hands on you. They're going to begin to pray for you. And they're just standing in proxy for what the Holy Spirit has already commanded the angels of the Lord to do. That he encamps around you. He's designed to deliver you. Deliver you. Church, if you're not up here, can you just stretch your hands towards these individuals tonight? Lord, in the name of Jesus, saints of God, I want you to begin to pray. Begin to agree with them. God, we, we, we don't know the situations. Uh, we don't know the circumstances. Uh, but God, let them know right now uh, that you're fighting for them. You're standing with them, Jesus. Uh, Lord, that you are fighting their battles. You're going before them, Jesus. Uh, Lord, that they're not alone. Uh, let them never feel alone. Uh, let them never feel like they're not unseen, uh, like they're forgotten. But God, let them know right now uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, uh, that you're with them. Uh, let, their, let them feel the love of your Holy Spirit wrap around them right now in this very moment. Uh, God, it doesn't matter what all hell has brought loose and broke loose in their life. Uh, Lord, I pray for deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord God, we believe. Uh, we believe in who you, you say you are. Uh, what your word declares you to be. Uh, and God, I speak right now for guidance. Uh, for peace, for joy. Lord, I break every demonic thing that may come after their mind, that may come into their family. And Lord, I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, right now, right now. Oh, they're not alone. They're not alone. They're not alone. They're not alone, Jesus. You see them. You see the tears they've cried when nobody else is looking up. God, you know what's going on in their heart. You know what's the, the conflict in their mind. And God, we speak peace right now. Peace, peace, peace. Oh, you are valuable. You are valuable to God. Oh, you're valuable to God. Oh, there's victory. There's deliverance for you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, can we worship? Can we worship Him tonight? Lord, I thank you for victory. I thank you. I thank you for victory, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're turning mourning into dancing, God. Oh, weeping may endure for a night, but Lord, joy. Joy is coming in the morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Have your way in us. Have your way in us. Oh, we magnify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love how the, the Lord just works. I'm not going to speak on it tonight. I don't want to speak on it next week. But the verse that... He's speaking out of it literally says, Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee. Right. 
Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. We're going to preach about that next week, but understand you chosen. Chosen. Young people, parents, your young people need to hear this. I heard this all growing up. That you're chosen, that God has a purpose for your life. And I would all, all, all the time I would hear what Sister Maddie began to quote when God spoke to Jeremiah and said, While you were yet in your mother's womb, I knew you. And that you were to be a prophet to the nations. Young people, he knows what you're called to be. And whether you're in here or not, and you say, I'm not a preacher, I'm not a, I'm not a singer, doesn't matter. We have a call. We have a purpose because we've been chosen. And you've been chosen for such a time as this. And we are in a now moment. We see what's going on in the world stage. Nation rising against nation. Hear me, we don't have another 10 years to figure it out. Church, talking about the church. We don't have another five years to get ready. We are in a time where it's all or nothing. There's souls that need to be won, lives that need to be changed, people that need to hear and know the love of Jesus. And that's our mission. Amen. Can you give Sister Maddie a hand tonight? Thank God for the anointing on these young people and for their willingness to speak the word of God. Makes me so, so proud of each and every one of them. I'm thankful for that tonight. Amen. We're glad that you're in the house of the Lord. Hey everyone, evening. thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.